welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 222 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life, formerly the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key, and I'm so excited you joined me. This is the final session in my four-part series of how to have an amazing 2023, and I have a powerhouse of coaches joining me today. Dr. Sarah Smith, the charting coach, is here. Dr. Ellie Novitsky, life coaching for women physicians, is here. And Dr. Jesse Mahoney, pause and presence coaching, is here. We had such a fantastic conversation. And I think there are so many elements in this talk that are going to be worthwhile and helpful for you in your own life. So make sure you listen to all of it. It will be helpful for you. I promise. It's an amazing opportunity like to have these three physician coaches who do amazing work and have been doing amazing work for physicians for a lot of years, to have them all in the one room and be able to listen to them, listen in on their conversation, I think is amazing and so much fun. And that's why I love doing these sessions. All right, let's get going to the session. And I hope you enjoyed this interview. All right. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm super excited about this morning because we've got like a powerhouse of a group of some of my favorite people. So I'm going to get each of you to welcome yourself to the podcast. Jesse, why don't you start? Okay. I am Jesse Mahoney. Super happy to be back again for our annual coffee chat. I'm going to call it that from now on. And I am a pediatrician in San Francisco and also a life coach. I'm actually now a master certified life coach. And I only say that because I think it's funny. It sounds fabulously funny. And I run a practice called Pause and Presence where I do mindful life coaching and run retreats and teach a ton of yoga. And mostly I help people, I like to say, who are successful on the surface, but struggling underneath. And they can be struggling with anything. But I do a lot, and Siobhan's clients know this because I do a lot of coaching in your program of parenting and relationship and transition coaching because I love it and it's fun. And my pediatrician hat rolls over to that nicely. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Sarah, can you introduce yourself? Good morning. I'm Sarah Smith. Thank you so much for having me back on. I am a family physician in Edson, Alberta. So that's rural. That includes emergency department work and inpatient when needed. My 
role here is as a charting coach. So I help physicians figure out their clinical days, redesign their clinical days, help them with any aspect of their clinical days so that they can get home with everything done. I like to help them create massive amounts of time for their life outside of medicine and help medicine become sustainable. So that is what I do. Awesome. And Ellie, introduce yourself. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm Allie Nowitzki, and I am a neonatologist, but more recently became certified in obesity medicine, which has been great because it spills into my coaching practice, which is life coaching for women physicians. And we focus on optimal health. And so we use exercise, nutrition, mindset, and the goal is to be able to accept ourselves authentically and really honor who we are through using, you know, really science-based yet very intuitive principles in the work that we do. And so that's, that's what I do. <laughs> awesome. And so for everybody listening, I made everybody get up really early this morning to do this session. And so uh, it literally is a coffee chat. Most people, I think, are drinking coffee. What we're going to talk about is how everybody's approaching the new year, 2023, and making 2023 an amazing year. And so I would love to hear, why don't we start with Sarah? How are you approaching 2023? What things are coming up for you? All right. So I thought I might actually read the post that I put into my Facebook group for my members because it uh, kind of harnessed everything I was thinking about as the new year approached. So I'm going to make a um, uh, confession that I almost didn't remember that it was a new year coming up because I'd had all of December off and I really wasn't taking notice of the fact that a new year was dawning on us. I'm like, oh, I probably should say something about the new year to my people, but not having had a lot of expectation on myself this year. And so I wrote, it's a brand new year. And if you're anything like me, each year starts with an expectation that I will be better or more successful in all endeavors every year. This is my small reminder to myself that rinse and repeat is also available as is doing less. As you know, my favorite game changer is to do B minus work. That goes for my charting, my laundry, my inbox, my housework. Good enough is good enough. In the delegation department, so if we're trying to create time, so we're always thinking about what is in my expert role and what should I be giving away? Everyone that we delegate tasks to are only capable of maybe 75% of the standard of work that you do. So if you want to take a deep breath and lower your expectations. I learned that wonderful phrase from some of the drama people who were doing some presentations within one of the conferences I was at. I'm like, I love that. Take a deep breath and lower your expectations. <laughs> yes, goals are allowed. Yes, we are still aiming for sustainable clinical medicine. And that for me means more fun, less dread, better systems and processes that help me and my colleagues stay in our zone of genius and do less non-physician tasks. So that was our happy new year to ourselves was that just taking that pressure off and allowing our goals to still be there, but also allowing ourselves to be ourselves. So that was me this year. I love it. And I think it brings up a really good point about when we talk about the new year of like our minds come in and our high achiever physician minds often are like more, 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 more. And I'm sure Jesse's going to have something to say to this, but what about less? And my like 
I've started doing a phrase for the year, and I can't remember if I've mentioned it during these episodes I've been recording, but the one I came up with for this year is slow down and focus on what matters because I have a brain that just loves to do more. And it can be like really fun, more stuff, and it can be creative, fun stuff like to do with the podcast and my coaching that I love to do, but it's more, more, more. And so this year I'm like slowing down, pausing, keeping a little bit of a handle. I was talking to my coach yesterday about keeping a little bit of a handle on that part of me that's like, oh, I could do that and that. (laughs) Why don't I do that too? (laughs) And just focus on just slowing down. So I love it, Sarah. Yeah, last year was a let's go big, let's do everything, let's try and experiment in a lot of different areas. And I kind of got to the end of the year exhausted, but intentionally, like I had planned this big year and knowing that it was not going to be repeated the next year, it was this year of doing things. And so as I came into this new year, I'm like, just a reminder, last year was intentionally big and this year was intentionally not going to be that big. So be very wise with what you choose to do. Yeah. Jesse, you want to hop on all over that slow down stuff? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, and, and as my mantra is pause and present. So pause and be present. So I love the take a deep breath or pause and breathe is something I often say before you choose what you're going to do next. So as we talked last year, I think when I approached the new year, now I love the new year. I never miss the new year, but I think it's more not from a like, what could I do better next year? But And actually, I taught a series of yoga classes this weekend on ending well and beginning well. And I've now taken that another step, even since Wednesday, which is then you get to be well. And so it's like this sort of noticing we skip the ending well, we move right on to the beginning well. What am I going to do in the new year? And so one of the things that I thought was really helpful is I would say notice how far you've come, but actually appreciate it and celebrate how far you've come. Because as women physicians, like we just move on. Oh, I did all those things. And what am I going to do next? Part of that is trained into us because we're trained not to be satisfied with where we are. And so we're trained to always want more and do more. And if we aren't doing that, then someone's going to leapfrog us or we won't keep up. And maybe we won't even be doing our best thing for ourselves, whatever that is. And so I love this idea of ending well and appreciating and celebrating how far you've come. And then we talked last year about beginning well. And the way that I like to approach the New Year's is not on what I'm going to do. I mean, that comes, but how I want to feel in a year. And that's where I can get to the less because never how I want to feel is busy, overwhelmed, stressed, accomplishing, achieving. And so it immediately takes you out of the things you want to do. And Over the last few years, that's really where I've kind of helped work with people. And I work with people around words and multiple words, not just one word, because that's like not just doesn't get into all the nooks and crannies. It doesn't work for everything. So I thought I would actually share my words because what's interesting is I'm on the same vein as Sarah of, of not necessarily doing less, but I don't need a big year of movement and progress and growth. And I don't know if... I ever will again, like maybe it's cyclical or maybe I've just moved on from that. I'm not actually sure. But this year is definitely not that year. And I was looking back at my words over the last few years and they were very much about sort of moving and shifting and changing. And this one's kind of not that. So my first word for the year is actually satisfied, which it feels like super hard to me because if I were to be satisfied, what would happen? 
So I'm literally practicing this every day. But what I've noticed is that when I sit and satisfied, all these amazing things start happening. And all my ideas of when I'm satisfied is when I know like where I really want to go on vacation or what I really want to do next or what I really want to eat for dinner. If I'm already satisfied, I'm like, I'm satisfied. And that would be fabulous. So it's it's when you get to that place where you're not reaching, stretching, doing more, where you can see all the kind of amazing things. One of the other words that I picked is deliberate, which seems a little out of sorts for someone who's like, pause and be present and be calm. But to me, it is a very calm, quiet, less word because it's being deliberate, choosing what I want to do, choosing what matters in this calm, like unhurried, unrushed way, because we're all so hurried and rushed and we think more is better. So I can be deliberate, feels slow to me. It's a little different than intentional. And I love it because it feels minimalist. I'm not exactly sure why, but to me, it does. It's like, it's very minimalist. Don't do anything that you don't want to do with something my middle son said to me last January. And it was great advice because he never, interestingly, and it's always driven me crazy, never does anything he doesn't want to do. And yet it's a beautiful advice because if you don't want to do it, it doesn't mean that you're not going to do something that's good for someone else, but find a way to do it in a way that you want to do it and or don't do it because you end up, he, he would say, well, why do you do that? Then you wish you hadn't. And then you're resentful and then you're mad at me. So why would you do that? And I thought, gosh, it's been a lot of time doing things I don't want to do. And that came up over a kayak trip. We were in Hawaii and it was terrible weather and the waves were like, crashing in. And we were supposed to go out on this lovely, like snorkeling kayak trip. And I said, I just don't want to go. And he's like, well, you don't have to. And I thought, well, that's true. So what's interesting is we made this decision not to go. And we went back and did something else. And promptly a half an hour later, we got an email that they had canceled it because it was too rough and we were getting a refund. And I was like, look at that works out. But I think this this idea of being very I like the word deliberate. What just came to mind is choosy. And that would be my mom's word that would make me feel guilty about choosing something and like, you know, being too focused on myself. But I love this idea of deliberate. So I really do get into the like emotion and feeling around the word and just enjoy it. So my other word is assured. And that's where really sort of trusting like self-assured and assured. Last year, I had trust. This is a slightly different, more grounded, calm version of it. So I do love all these words because of this idea of slowing down. They're all very slow words and very calm words. But what I think they'll get me, and I often do my words, is radiant is the word that I really want. And I think they'll get me there because they have been all these little areas where I've still always struggled. They're like this last little bit where, you know, I do mostly trust myself now, but I wouldn't say I'm assured yet. Like that's like next level. So I'm, I'm going to play with these and see. Not in a way that I have to be there at the end of the year. So I like to say, what do you want more of? It's a really sort of you're setting your GPS in a direction, but there's no resolution. There's no outcome. It's like, I just want to be more assured and more satisfied and more deliberate this year. And I think this slowing down is really the way to do that. Because when we don't end well, begin well, move deliberately, we just do all the things. We react all the time. We don't respond and we don't end up living a life that feels good. And so that's my approach to this year. And I always like to say, well, we'll see how it goes. I do know because I love to do so much relationship coaching that when you are satisfied and deliberate and assured, everyone around you likes you better too. 
I have noticed that in my family already. Like when you're dissatisfied and not and unsure and not trusting yourself and like making just reacting to everything, you bring that energy out into the world. And so I think when you're thinking about that year ahead, to me, it's about, okay, well, how do I want to show up this year? Doesn't even matter how I showed up last year. Although I do want to go back to congratulate yourself on all the good things you did. I mean, we all did a bunch of not great things, but we can just let them go and move on and just focus on what what you did that was good. Because I just, even every day, I will these days think about, oh, what did I do well today? Not what went well or what am I grateful for, but what did I do well? I have found that that actually really just grounds me. It's not this like, oh, feel good. It just helps me see that I actually do good things because my brain only sees all the things that I still have to do or should have done better. And so it gets me, it's funny, it's a very different form of B minus work. It's like when I appreciate it, it's just that feeling like it's enough if I can start to notice the things I did well. That's my plan for 2023. I love that you brought up the word radiant because that's actually one of my words of the year. Oh, I love is, it. I'm like, I just want to choose things that help me feel radiant. And so for me, that's eating good food. It's taking time. It's being outside to exercise multiple times a week in the daylight, not always living in Canada, not always in the dark early morning and things like that. So I, I liked that word as something to kind of strive for and filter my decisions through. Ellie, how are you approaching 2023? Just showing up. Awesome. That's enough. <laughs> no, no, this is great. And in fact, it's interesting because I heard a lot of core desires that Jesse and Sarah and also you just kind of mentioned. And, and I will tell you that my year is going to be driven by core desires, but how I'm approaching it. So I'd say from a health standpoint, I think my number one go-to strategy right now is make the next best decision. I mean, of all the things like I can talk about or all the things that I could do or all the strategies I can use that I know potentially will get me one step ahead. So we're kind of like all saying similar things. I don't really want that right now. I think what I'm really going for is finding that a lot of the words are going to be similar, but my words, and I will explain them a bit more, are connection, freedom, peace, and adventure. And I think the idea is that Peace for me is foreign because my thought spirals have thought spirals. And so I tend to be in action all the time. I am constantly planning and not only planning, but I also was blessed with then taking action on the planning. So when there's multiple and tons of the planning and then I'm just action stepping all of it, that can be a problem. And then it also brings into the picture that I'm going to have a difficult time delegating and trusting other people, which has been something that I've really personally been working on. But I think in general, the way I'd say it is that I've been really being a stickler on our stress scale. Before every workout we lead, we ask, what's your stress, right? Level one to 10. 10 is you can't even bear it anymore. And one is, get me a beer. So again, just like in anything in between. And what I'm finding is that when we are able to stay at a stress level about five or below. And so one is like you're laying on the couch and life is good. Two is you're laying on the couch, but you're recognizing that you're laying on the couch and you might want to sit up at some point. Three is that there's something to do and you have all the time in the world to do it, but you might as well get started. And then four is, okay, there's more than one thing to do. Time to get going. Five is there's definitely more than one thing to do and I kind of have to do them now. Six is, holy crap, I'm a little bit overwhelmed. Seven is, you know, then you start going to like 
all up in your stress area. And so I live at a six, like that's natural for me. (laughs) So a full disclosure, I don't really hide too much. So for me to live at below a five is going to take a lot of work. Now, why is it worth it? And what's the consequence if I don't? So if I don't live below a five, like I live in my emotional space that is not useful for me. I live in worry, I live in anxiety, I live in, you know, all those fun things, right? But if I can ground myself, and again, lots of different ways we can ground ourselves. I mean, for me, I will tell you exercise is extremely grounding for me. It's why it's a big component of what I do in my programs. But if I can live below there, then the decisions that I'm making and the way that I'm able to show up with the energy that I want to show up with and my ability to trust myself, which will then allow me to trust others is so much easier. Like everything is so much easier. And so I think it took a lot of my coach calling me out and saying, okay, you're emotional right now. And then she'll call me out real hard and she'll say, and don't you like lead some kind of program that like has everything to do with like cognitive thoughts and like your emotions? I'm like, yeah, we do, don't I? She's like, well, why can't you do it for you? And I say, because I'm too emotional. And so if I can kind of become aware, right? And say, okay, yeah, I'm totally driving the emotions are driving and I will never win these thought spirals ever, not in a million years. Stop. So that's my words, like stop and then go to the facts. What are the facts, right? And I'm able to kind of get out of the emotional space I don't want to be in and then re-enter into maybe the emotional space that I do want to be in. So the connection piece came up because my husband and I actually had this really in-depth conversation about how we weren't feeling connected. And he's my go-to, like he's my best friend, like we're we're in it to win it, like in life. <laughs> and we both said, like, what's going on here? And what I realized is I was so far out of balance. I was so far out of balance because I spent the past four years growing my business and then COVID happened and we had to homeschool kids and then we got a dog, which, oh my gosh, that was a whole other thing. It still is. And we had to have an honest, difficult conversation and I had to make some decisions and it was like want to throw up kind of conversation, right? And so going into this year, I'm not afraid of those conversations. Like I decided I'm, I'm not going to be afraid because the alternative is I get to find connection with the things I really want to be connected with. I have to say that I'm letting go of a relationship, like not with my husband. I mean, we're good. We, we talked about it. We're connected. <laughs> like we're working on it, right? But another relationship that was very important to me, for me to find freedom and self-love, like I can still love that person, but also have to decide how I want to show up for me. Like that's another thing. So the freedom, the core desire that I really am going for this year, the freedom. I know that I can be fully free to love myself when I'm honoring myself. And then the peace, again, restraint. I heard restraint. Yes, all day long. Like, I will take action. It's what I do. It's what I like to do. It's comfortable for me. Restraint, so uncomfortable. This coffee chat you put, I mean, this is just, come on, can we go run? Like, (laughs) (laughs) we absolutely can. You don't like to run. I made you run. I don't. You didn't. And you're like, I don't like this. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So then peace, right? Like, just being okay where I am right now which brings me full circle back to the first thing I said, which is what is the next best decision? So last night I may have had a whole bottle of champagne and like 10 macaroons, but you know what? Today's a new day and I made it the next best decision and there is high protein milk in my coffee. So right. Next best decision brings me more towards peace. And I'm really excited to see where this year goes. There's been a lot of changes for us. There's been a lot of changes in my business. It's really forced me to pull back in a way where 
other talented people who have way more talent than me are running the show more, which I have to say, I thought it'd be comfortable, not comfortable. It's like, whoa, this is a whole new role. So, you know, it's really just going to be, I think, an exciting year. But the thing I will tell you is that I want to be present for all of it. So I need to be below a stress level of five. Love it. I would say most physicians probably live at a stress level of six or higher on an average day. And it's like that whole analogy of the frog in the water. You don't notice it until like you actually start looking for it because you can tell yourself it's just totally fine and you're having a great day and yet you're cranked up there. You know, I was thinking before we started this call that I think 2022 turned out to be an interesting year for physicians. And I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on this is that I think we headed into 2022 with a lot of hope because we had the vaccines. Most people were getting vaccinated. And then we had the Omicron, which kind of made us question it. But a lot of I think 2022 for a lot of physicians, a lot of burnout set in or maybe got recognized that they hadn't actually seen before because. I liken it to, I don't know if you guys found this, but when your kids were little, like around the six week mark, I remember finding it hard of like, okay, like the sleep thing, it's like not ending. <laughs> like I, I kind of could, you know, when the babies were little, you're like, okay, like we're not going to sleep, but it's going to be okay. We're going to stay focused. And then around the six week mark, I was like, okay, this is going on for a really long time. <laughs> and I think of, like, I think the impact in medicine in 2022 was similar in that we're like, okay, like the pandemic stuff is settling down, but now there's all this other stuff that came up. And then for anybody in pediatrics, the fall has been like a, a totally unexpected surge of their own right. But what are your guys' thoughts on just like, I don't know the question I'm asking, but basically your thoughts on what 2022 was like for physicians and how they might want to kind of transition if it, if it was a hard year, start transitioning to making things better for themselves. I can go. I think, I guess Allie's a pediatrician too, but I would say that, you know, it's funny because we say the fall was unexpected and I would say we should expect the unexpected. And when we you know, kids haven't been in school and daycare in two years, we're going to have like crazy RSV and crazy flu. And I think when our brains tell us it's unexpected, it's so much worse. And so when we expect overwhelm, it's less overwhelming. When you expect the unexpected, it's less upsetting or jarring. But I think I found something similar, which is that many people just sort of felt like I have to make a change or enough's enough. And now I need to figure out some way to maneuver this better. And while I think it became, if it wasn't before, which I think it was, that the system is really broken, I think in the past, I've heard so many people just frustrated and angry and wanting the system to change. But 2022 seemed to be where people said, okay, I'm also going to take care of me because I can't wait. And there are things that can help. And I think I saw more people just saying, I want to know what will help and let me figure out how I can help myself in this. Not necessarily that I want to leave, but I want to try to figure out what I can do. And then if that doesn't work, <laughs> I will figure out what's next. But I think I saw more 
deliberate, purposeful decision-making around figuring out what will work for you. And also an acceptance that there wasn't necessarily a right answer. I do think a lot of people that come to work with me at least have tried a lot of things and they haven't worked, or we are often looking in medicine for the external thing. Oh, this is my path. And so I did see many people sort of saying, well, I tried this and this hasn't worked. And so I'm really looking for what works for me and it being okay to be unique and different and knowing that there are different things that work for people. The other thing I think that I really noticed is, and I've been thinking a lot about vulnerability, is that I found that people were willing to be much more vulnerable about their situations and where they were and the challenges, and that that actually brought a lot of help. I think in the past, stoicism was valued. And now it's sometimes we're just like, throw our hands up. Okay, well, there's no, you know, no reason to be stoic here. I need help. And how do I get it? And so I think that welcoming in or embracing of help and embracing of solutions is what I saw in 2022 that maybe enough's enough's enough, but not so much. I think the giving up of the external solutions being the answer and saying, well, okay, either way, I'm thinking about the sleep, right? The answer would be the baby would sleep, but if they're not going to sleep for a while, then we better figure out how to take care of they ourselves. They never sleep so when you want them it. to sleep. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> well, then that reminds me of medicine, right? Like it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. And so it is a bit like the six week old who's just not going to sleep. I love it. I'm so happy. As we talked about this, I'm like, I'm so thankful my children are past that stage. <laughs> yeah. And now they probably sleep too much, right? As teens. Not quite yet. We're heading into that, but uh, not, we're not quite at that point. So now did you want to know more about what 2022 was like and what 2023 is becoming? Well, just your thoughts on it, like what you're seeing and what you're kind of helping your physicians that you work with. with. Yeah. So. In 2022, I felt like we were climbing out of the hole. Like I'll tell you, like in my in my coaching practice, it was a lot about, you know, the past two years. I mean, my program is very health related. So it's okay, um, I haven't eaten a vegetable in two years. COVID hit and there was no broccoli and we just didn't do it. And I think there was a lot of shame in that and there was a lot of regret in that. And I so I think it was this whole period in 2022 of reclaiming self-love, of finding a way to be okay with like decisions that we made. There was a lot of regret. And my favorite way to get over regret is the phrase that you made the best decision that you could at the time with the resources that you had. Okay. So whatever has happened, happened for a reason. I mean, after all, we've developed resiliency through all these things. And so what I'm seeing now with the transition is that we're out of the hole. And now people are ready to, I don't want to say up level, like go all in. Like it's it's not that. But I think that what I hear a lot of and what, what resonates with a lot of, of my people is looking for who they are authentically. So I'm seeing this whole theme of more self-discovery and the questions being asked of what is it that you really need? What is it that you are really looking for? And why do you want it? And I think people are more willing. I think people feel safer to explore the why more. I don't know, maybe there is this degree of extra resiliency that we have built. But I have been seeing ladies, because I work with women, cleaning house. And I mean it, they are cleaning house. So they're out of the hole. And now (laughs) they're not keeping anything that doesn't fit anymore. I mean, I am literally seeing this max exodus of the things in their lives that just weren't working. 
And what I'll tell you is they're, it's not that they're leaving their jobs. Like they're actually finding more job satisfaction, you know, but they're making tweaks. And what it's boiling down to, and a lot of the coaching we are doing right now is all on self-boundary. And it's all about, you know, I'm making everybody like give their alter ego a name. And I got some pretty good ones the past couple of days. We, we got some pretty good names going. But the idea is that relationship that we have developed with that alter ego and then which one will prevail and showing up for that authentic version of who will prevail. And so that I think that's what I'm seeing a lot of. Like we're out of the hole. And, and again, I don't like to get all cliche and be like, let's up level. Let's just go all in. Like I love those things and I say them, but it's more or less like, and I think it definitely hits on what Jesse was saying too. Like if this method doesn't work for me, I'm not going to do it. So it's like authentically what works for me. And let's own that. And it might be, I mean, it will be uncomfortable because you're going to maybe have to get rid of some things that were your false securities at one point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I Just a slight detour. So part of my journey was doing trauma-informed coaching training with Kimia Saraf at the Lodestar Coaching. And I loved her reminder to ourselves that when we're in battle, or crisis is when we pull it together and give of ourselves until we're done. And peacetime is when we'll fall apart. And I think we need to remember to remind ourselves and the people that we're looking after that when they feel done, fatigued, exhausted, we were expecting that. That everybody else is in celebration And some of us are going to be really tired and just, I'm emotional because I saw it in my community just this week. Somebody had to stop for a medical reason and said, I don't think I can go back. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. And this is the moment to, if you're noticing that about yourself, get help. So what I love about my community is they have a community of their peers where they can be honest and get support and come in and say what's truly happening for them and get the help they need. But it's not just the community that plugging in is so important. We need others. We also need our doctors, our psychiatrists, our therapists, our meds when needed. So it's that reminder to ourselves that if you are feeling like, why am I being left behind? Why do I feel so shitty? It's okay. This is what happens in peacetime. So it's not that we're even out of the crisis, like Jesse said, we, we hit RSV and influenza and a whole lot of kitties being admitted to hospital. Like we kind of went from one crisis straight into another while we were maybe just starting to kind of bring our heads above water or climbing out of that hole. But if you're having that experience of what is wrong with me, why am I feeling so done? It's probably that, that trauma of giving until we were empty. We also, like Ali was saying, we talk about excellent. Excellent is doing your best with the resources available. And that could be your internal resources too. So when you're tired, when you're pushed in regards to you have no autonomy about how long appointments go for, your schedule is not your own, you don't have the ability to, you know, increase, decrease the amount you're working. Excellent is showing up and doing your very best, which you always are going to do, but it's not in the way you would prefer to practice, right? And that is traumatizing to physicians. Remember that we want to be able to practice in the the way that we want to practice. 
but we don't get that opportunity most of the time. So when you're seeing triple the number that you normally see in urgent care and emergency, you are not doing what you would consider your best. And that adds to your trauma experience in medicine. But if you are doing your best with the resources available to you, let's give ourselves a break for that. Let's remind ourselves, I am doing my best in a crazy environment. Okay. And so I think that community is so important, remembering that this is part of the tool set that we have available to us. And there is a lot of help out there. So I see 2023 going similar to Ali. Some of you will be like ready to feel better and be doing those things. And some of you will be like, what on earth is happening? I'm exhausted. I'm done. I just want to get out of this. And both are okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like honoring whichever one you are and figuring out what you need in whichever state you are. Because I think that's the challenge when you're feeling done. And you kind of reference this, Sarah, is that sometimes you can look in from that state, you look around and you judge yourself and you compare yourself to other people. But being willing to walk the path that you're on and honor what you need as an individual, I think is so important. And as a plug, because I, anytime we talk about this, if you are struggling and you are feeling like you might be depressed, or if you're having thoughts of self-harm, please reach out for help. Use one of the crisis lines. Go talk to your primary care provider. There is hope and things can get better. And I'll put the crisis line numbers into the show notes so that you can easily access them. Thanks for sharing that, Sarah. I could tell that meant a lot to you. Mm. I think even comparing ourselves, I actually caught myself doing this yesterday. Comparing myself to who I was pre-pandemic versus who I am coming back from holidays yesterday. So like I mentioned, I had December off. I love being able to offload my inbox to a colleague and I do the same for them. So I always advocate that we should have true time off. It's an amazing experience as a physician. Coming back from holidays, all of my community is experiencing the same thing. Like, what's going wrong? I have like all these things to now deal with and all this demand on my time. And then I'm looking at my all of the inboxes that were created during COVID that we never had before and looking at myself from three years ago and even comparing myself to myself, I was having a bit of comparison. I just, I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm not that person anymore. My medicine, my clinic, my environment has changed and I need to give myself grace for that. And now I know that I can step forward into, I'm going to figure this out. But for that like moment, I'm like, I'm doing something wrong. Something's gone terribly wrong. I'm not feeling that same calm that I was feeling a few years ago. I'm like, wait a minute, hang on. You're back from holidays. It's not who you were before. This is now a new era, (laughs) four years later, and having that grace to say, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, nothing's gone wrong here and we can figure it out again. Yeah. Any last tidbits or pearls that you guys want to finish up with? That's one of my not strong suits is narrowing it down <laughs> because, <laughs> because I'm like, well, where do, where do we go with this one? Is this yeah, a true question? I've got a list. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The thing that I would offer is, do you want to have more fun? I mean, I know that sounds simple, but one of the things that I forgot how to do was to play and have fun. And that's really hard for me to admit because I 
I want you all to think I'm fun. <laughs> like, I want you all to want to hang out with me. Come on. It's like the social hierarchy. But where do you have fun? And I think that this taps on what Sarah said is, if you don't know that, don't beat yourself up. Like, if you don't know that, don't be like, well, I don't even know how to have fun anymore. And what's happened? No, it's not a problem. We don't practice it. And so I know for me, I am, again, below that level five stress. I can find fun. And if I can be present and in the moment, there are so many opportunities for fun and for laughter. And to add on to that, it's okay to surround yourself with people that influence you to have more fun. And so choose that. And so I, I can say that 2023, I'm, gonna, I'm going to have more fun. Awesome. I hope everybody can too. <laughs> Do you mind if I go next, Jesse? Because I think you're going to have the best last word rather than me. <laughs> I'd like you to go last. I'm not sure about that, but please go. No, one of the things that just makes a huge difference. So one is finding your community. So people who you can truly be genuine with, I think is so, so terribly helpful. So find your community and do some relaxation exercises that bring down your cortisol levels that help you be able to exhale, unwind is so incredibly helpful for our healing and progress. So I think that's super important as a mitigation activity. And I love what Ali just said, and I use it all the time as well, is asking those powerful questions to our brain. So as physicians, we are extremely problem solving with our working brain. Like our working brain is so good at problem solving for everybody else and sometimes for ourselves. So that question, how can I make this easy or how can I make this fun? Just let that question sit in your brain and let your brain work on it for you. You know how you get that puzzling patient. You're like, come back next week. I'm just going to think about you for a week and I might come up with some answers. I'm just going to percolate on you. Do the same with this question. How can I make this fun? How can I make this easy? How could I think about this differently? And don't try and answer it right away. Just let your brain have that question running around in its head and you will come up with some amazing ideas for yourself in that if you just let that question sit there. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Jesse. I love that. And I actually love that strategy of asking good questions. And so thinking about what you want more of and ask yourself how to have more of that. So I have a couple of thoughts. My thought that I had before you started talking, Sarah, was to take exquisite care of yourself. And I know that came up. I'm going to do a workshop in Sarah's group about that. And I just love the title. So it, it was, as I was looking at you, that's what came up again. But again, it's not like it's a project or you have to get an A plus in it or you have to excel in it. It's what will simply lead you to take exquisite care of yourself. And it might literally be breathing more or hanging out with your community, people that are the right people for you, or learning a little mindfulness so you can lower your cortisol or lengthening the exhale. All of those things can be ways of taking exquisite care of yourself. So not in this way that you're a self-improvement project or you're broken or there's something to fix, which is where we always come at it. But what would feel good to me? That's a beautiful question. I had a client who we were asking, she's been one of the people who's been the most successful at bringing mindfulness into her life. And she just keeps doing it. And I was like, well, how do you do that? It's not for her a miracle morning. She just asked the question, what would feel good? And it's almost always a deep breath and a couple minutes of mindfulness. And so it means that she brings things into her life 
that feel good to her. And that's allowed her to keep a practice. And I sort of love that because we come at things as physicians as like, I need a checklist and my habits and my miracle morning, and I haven't done my mindfulness today. And so I think asking these questions, what will maybe make you more radiant, not radiant, because maybe that's like, you know, is aspirational even for me, but what will make you more radiant and what will make you make this more easy or more fun? And then the final thought I have is to bring in grace and compassion. And one of you said the word grace, and that's what brought that in. Grace and compassion is one of my favorite approaches, but we tend to be so hard on ourselves and criticize ourselves and think we haven't done it well enough. And so maybe taking exquisite care of yourself is simply giving yourself grace and compassion for wherever you are. And so my invitation is to ask, what what does taking exquisite care of yourself look like? And in the spirit of Allie, just what's the next step of doing that? And one step at a time. And imagine if you did one thing each day in that vein, how you would feel. Hmm. Love it. All right. Can you guys let everybody know where they can find you? Allie, how about you start? Okay. Mine's... Really simple, lifecoachingforwomenphysicians.com. And you'll find everything right there. We have a podcast and blog and all the things we're offering. And again, thank you so much for having me today. You're welcome. Sarah, how about you? Mine is chartingcoach.ca. And that's where you'll find information and blogs and things as well. And the Charting Champions program is my program for physicians. Thanks for having me. And mine is pauseandpresence.com or my name, jessiemahoneymd.com. Either one, you can find me there. Lovely. Well, thank you all of you so much for taking time out on an early morning to come chat with me. I really enjoyed it. It was lovely to see all of your faces. We'll talk to you guys later. All right. So much good stuff in that one. So much good stuff. I hope that you have really enjoyed this series of interviews. I hope that they really helped you contemplate what do you want to create for yourself in 2023? What if 2023 didn't have to be the same old and the the struggle and maybe the grind that you've experienced in the previous years? What if this was the year you stepped out of it and created something that you really loved? And when I say that, that doesn't mean you step out of your life or you, because I've totally had the fantasies where I'm like, I'm out guys, I'm working at McDonald's in the drive-thru, literally have had that fantasy. It's not about stepping out of your life. It's about showing up in your life, showing up in the things that you worked hard to create in your life, like being a physician and doing it in a way that honors you, prioritizing you within that life so that you enjoy the life more. Really think about that and think about how can I do that this year? If that's all you do this year is like, how do I prioritize myself so I enjoy my life more? That is huge, huge contemplate that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on these sessions. Uh, send me an email, info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and make sure you are connected in the Thriving as a Physician Facebook group. That's facebook.com forward slash thriving as a physician. You have to answer a couple questions to join because it is a physician only group. And if I can't confirm you're a physician, I can't let you in. But this is a community where we can come together and talk about some of these issues that we deal with, some of these issues that influence our eating and our weight and work together to thrive in our lives, create an amazing 2023. I have some fun things planned coming up in the year inside that group. And so I really encourage you to make sure you're a member. All right, we'll talk to you later. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.